0: the dad ass podcast subpar mediocre at best podcast just trying to figure out this whole parenting and adulting thing one drink and one conversation at a time Hey, hey, and welcome to the Dadass Podcast, the completely unscripted, unconventional podcast just trying to figure out this whole parenting and adulting thing. Me, I'm Matt, just a dude that created a podcast so he could be called the Dadass. And with me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, Sean, a.k.a. Dude, the Resident Family Counselor. How in the world are you today?
1: I'm really well. Um, Yeah, so it's been been a nice... Like we haven't been able to like share space Mm -hmm. and record um, together in a while. And so it's been, it's been a busy time, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, Gone camping a bit. Um, Yeah, life seems to be going pretty well. So. That's great to hear,
0: and especially to hear that you're going camping because um, I have a semi-camping trip story for another episode, Yeah. but we're yeah. in the heat of getting ready for baby number two to be coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am not camping so much.
1: Um, I'm going to get you out one time before this
0: baby comes. I, I love it. I think it'd be great. We're it. Heather, hear that. Put it on the calendar, please. Yep. She is the keeper of the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, you said we haven't shared a space to record together in a while. We haven't recorded with today's guest for a while. It's true. She's a But she's repeat. not a stranger. No stranger. A friend of the program. Second time. Second time, right? No. I think it's this might be lucky number th- three. I don't know. But she's been on a, a couple times. I wasn't a part of the initial... um uh, recording. I double, double booked myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and it's like, fine. Hey, I wasn't a part you, of the initial party. You, I got COVID. So you need to um, lead this recording with Addie um, of Blue uh, of Pluie. Brittany was on also. Yeah, unfortunately,
1: uh, she, she Brittany's not on for this one.
0: But... Not not for this, but we we have Addie. and I'm excited because Addie is the founder, the mom, everything behind Pluie. And it was her personal story that started this idea. And then her and Brittany, which is just a dynamite team yeah. of powerhouse of, women right I there. I mean, absolutely. In, in, in the mom space, in the the wife space, in the entrepreneurial. Yeah. I mean, this this interview we're about to hear, we even discuss women in business yeah. and entrepreneurial, yeah. but also how they were able to go and s- swim yeah. in the shark tank.
1: Yeah. For so sure
0: let's let's just dive right in
1: well hold on though oh. I feel like um you know I'm gonna recommend that you before you dive right in you get comfy you find yourself a nice uh, relaxing yes. place you know to what? Just,
0: I'm, I'm not looking at the um, I'm not looking at the show notes yeah right? yeah
1: yeah yeah I I recommend that you just find like a, a place that you can just get, get comfy relax like I don't know just just get leisurely if you will
0: absolutely and and we do want to give that shout out to the leisure club here a nostalgically inspired private social club here in columbus partner of the uh, of the program and the host location for an event coming up here in about a week and a half uh called dad x mansplaining men's health we'll, we'll we'll talk about it after this interview thank you i should read the show yeah. notes yeah that's all right notes that i wrote sent out <laughs> and then didn't read while recording so that's thank right. you. <laughs>
1: all right kobe and Shaq, right there with,
0: with that let's go back to the shark references and just jump right in so eddie you are back again last time you had some some news that you couldn't talk about and since then you have been on shark tank let's let's just start from the beginning how how did this start for you and Brittany?
2: well super exciting to be back here Um, More so than Shark Tank. I love hanging out with you guys. So that's cool, but this is pretty fun. Uh, I mean, I don't
1: don't think we compare to Mark Cuban. I appreciate your kindness, (laughs) but that's not true.
2: Well, (laughs) You guys are a lot nicer.
0: I think Uh, the review for Facebook is we're cooler than Mark Cuban, but keep going with your story. (laughs)
2: Uh, So I think what's so fascinating and what I learned about Shark Tank is that so many people said, like, when did you get the call? Like, you're going to be on Shark Tank. And it's not like that in the slightest. It is the longest process. You know, it's sort of you apply. There's over 30,000 applicants, and they end up filming 140 companies. So think about that selection process. And it takes months and months and months. And so you kind of start to feel like, okay, I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer. And then they, they're planning your set, and then it's getting closer. but Every single time you talk to them, they're like, this is not a guarantee you're filming. This is not a guarantee. So there was kind of finally the aha moment of like, oh, my gosh, they told us to book our flights. Like, we're going, we're filming. But Um, then you film. Question.
1: Where do they film? Where is it filmed?
2: You film in Los Angeles. Okay. So in Sony Studios. And we filmed July 2022. Uh, and they were the heightened sensitivity to COVID testing out there was booming still. So it was like land tests, get to the hotel test. I mean, there was just a lot of protocol around it and you, we filmed July, 2022, but then the season is September to May. So it's a very long period of time when you think of, especially a startup, you're like a whole different company from July to May, you know, <laughs> when your episode can actually air. And you don't know if you'll ever air. So they film 140 companies and 96 air. And to me, that was just still remarkable because it's such an accomplishment to get to that point to film. But then we had no idea if it would even air. And so that actually felt like more of the aha moment. You receive an email three weeks before on a Friday. So you only get a three week notice. So every Friday, we were just kind of waiting. It was like September, October, November, December. We're like, oh, man, this is getting sad. And then we got the email saying, you are airing in three weeks on March 10th. So that was one of the kind of most surprising moments of this, like, almost year-long process.
1: That Ooh. is incredible. Okay, so we got kind of ahead of ourselves a little bit here. <laughs> and... um Normally we ask for a dad joke, but um, now that you're like there to record, right, um, instead of a dad joke, I'm just curious or mom joke. Um, is there a funny story that kind of like surrounds this that, you know, instead of a joke, maybe you can uh, let us behind the curtain a little bit here?
2: Yes, and full circle moment. I flew to LA with Brittany to film on a Saturday. And that morning, I made chocolate chip pancakes for my kids. And I just think it it was like this surreal, like, you're never not a parent. Like, I'm not there just like crunching numbers. I'm literally making pancakes before I fly to LA. And so (laughs) it's really cool that they were part of it. But then, full circle. So, when I, this is pretty nice, when I had when we found out we got the email, it's five o'clock on a Friday. I'm actually in the carpool line to pick up my kids from daycare on the phone with Brittany. Cause we're like attached at the hip on phones and she screams and she's like, Oh my God, we just got the email. And so I'm in carpool line and we're like, we're going to air. Oh my gosh. And so I run into daycare. I get the kids. I'm just like a little in shock my husband and I like never go out. We're such homebodies and we work. And for whatever reason, that Friday, we were going out with our group of friends to a concert in Fort Worth, had a babysitter, but the kids are not used to us kind of going out. So we drive home and I'm just like, I haven't told my husband. I'm just like, Oh my God, we're going to be on Shark Tank. I get home and I say, okay guys, come on inside. And Cooper, my now six-year-old, he was five, saw the babysitter's car and just loses it. Like you're leaving And he climbs in the back of our three-seat car, refuses to get out of the car. Then my daughter, like, picks up on the energy and does the same. And I took a selfie in the trunk, practically, of my car with two screaming, crying kids, like, happy Friday, I'm going on Shark Tank. Like I like literally getting like the, one of the best news of my life to just like and stuck in the back of my car. And then I walk in screaming kids and I'm like, hey, hon, we're gonna air on Shark Tank. Like, all right, great, like screaming children. But then we went out and we went out with our friends. I didn't tell them till we got to the restaurant and had the waiter bring over shots and like told them why. So it was fun. But it just felt like such a true, like, again, mom moment. Like you're always a parent, like no matter what highs or lows. It's like, okay, well, now here we have screaming kids in the back of the car. Okay, here we go. (laughs) That is Uh, hysterical. Just out of curiosity.
0: how, How long did it take to get them out of there?
2: Uh, Like a very long time, like to the point where it was like, I'm physically hot and yeah. sweating. And then it's like, you go through the stages of like, oh, it's going to be okay. I promise I'll be home to tuck you in to like, get out of the car to then like, what do you want any Pokemon toy tomorrow? It's like you go through like, you're <laughs> mad, you're sad, you're bribing, you're like, it's just like you, you become like many people at once within like a 12 minute span of time. So I don't, I mean, I don't even know. I probably blacked out, but I got them out of the car. So that's all that matters.
1: To me, the funniest part is, is like exactly what you described is that moment where you're like this successful, huge thing just happened to me in like my like business life but you don't get to like compartmentalize that right you can't just be like i'm doing i'm gonna just bask in this and just like do whatever you're like i'm i have children that i like it wasn't even that you got to bask in it like you know and sit in your car you were like okay thanks cool i'm gonna go um you know get my kids out of daycare right D- uh, i'm just curious yeah, yeah, did just you tell any just, random yeah. strangers because i feel like i would have been so excited that or or like someone who's not my like spouse or like i don't know i probably would have like gone to starbucks and been like hey by the way i just wanted you to know i just got on star on uh on shark tank i don't know why i i probably would have <laughs>
2: well yeah. i did that i did so because we weren't out we had so many you know whatever legal contracts that we couldn't talk about until you get an air date I whatever. know we're and I like-
1: tried so hard you should know when we if you're listening we all had dinner I don't know when were you in town December was it december mm-hmm. I tried I so, yeah. so so hard and you both were so tight lipped about it, you were like, I, I can't do it. Like, and I was like, No, like, we're cool, she'll tell me, one of them will tell me. And no, man, you guys stuck to it. Heart, I was like, we'll You're gonna that. marry. I
2: told some strangers, I did because it felt like anonymous. So, I had a couple of funny stranger stories. Well, when we when I was in that carpool line, that's when I obviously could then tell people, but. I tell my husband I came home and told him first, but I bust (sighs) in to get the kids. And I see Chandra, Ashley, like the, you know, people at the front desk who run the daycare and I'm like, be on Shark Tank and they were the first I told us I like busted into daycare and I was like what are you talking about um so that was like an impromptu moment but I had two funny like stranger moments that I was just dying to tell people and so I told two different people on airplanes which like I'm a chatty airplane person don't ever want to sit next to me but I that was like my fun stranger while I was waiting to hopefully air like they're like what do you do I was like well we just filmed Shark Tank and I just felt like it was so anonymous and I'd never see this person again so I did that a few times but
1: did you tell them? like whether or not you got a deal or not
2: no that's why i stayed very very <sighs> okay good confidential
1: because if okay. you'd have told the random stranger if you got a deal and not me this interview is over now <laughs> <laughs>
2: make the mistake of telling i was on a southwest flight and i told these two i was sitting in the middle next to these two guys and they worked for southwest and so they were like let's announce let's have the pilot announce it and i was like no 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 like, i yeah. thought you were really anonymous <laughs> like we're not announcing to the airplane that that someone here's on shark tank so <laughs> almost well, got you, in trouble.
0: walk us walk us through you you get the flight out west you're now full go hours or a day away from from recording what walk us through since the majority of us listening will never apply let alone have that zero zero percent you know zero zero one percent chance of even thinking about being on what was it like once once you and Brittany get out there a separate flights i'm assuming and you meet like walk us through like from landing there to standing in that that hallway
2: yeah so we flew out i was still in chicago at the time so we flew out together on a saturday and we were supposed to film sunday uh we flew out we were staying together like the whole airplane ride just like taking selfies like checking out our like scenarios in which like the math makes sense to make an investment and i mean we were so prepared we went and got blowouts we went to this early dinner we were just like beaming go to sleep early set our alarms for like 3am because we had a very early call time. We woke up and had a text on Sunday morning that said, you're not filming today because of COVID. We have no idea what, again, this is July, 2022. So it's like, we're kind of past a lot of this. So that, you know, just, it was challenging still in these studios. Um, No idea what happened, but we're like, we just kind of were shocked. Um, And I do a funny picture I should send to you that the night before us, like, cheers at dinner. And then the next day we're like at Starbucks like this, like, okay, like what do we do all day? (laughs) Because they kept us. So they kept us Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and then we filmed and we were nervous. There was a chance they did. I mean, some people just didn't film. They're like, okay, you know, other Companies were scheduled to film Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, so if they wanted to move us, someone else was gonna get bumped. So it did get very complicated. So we were still very lucky and thankful that we we did get to film. and you know, again, a little behind the scenes, they film about nine or ten companies a day. and i've we've heard stories where like that ninth or tenth, run out of time and they just never film so it's like it's really the the mind games were there it was just like will we film and and so it was a lot and then we get up though we were first to film that morning and it is what what time was this then oh again like four or five a.m we filmed we probably were in set at seven ish um yeah and you just you go in they're like okay you Whatever they check your mic, they it's very fast. You get down that like infamous hall, they tell you to walk. And in the show, it's there's it's music, but in their set, it is silent. So you're just like walking in complete silence, and then you just stop at your mark, and then you freeze for like what felt like 10 minutes. It was probably two, and you're just staring at the sharks, but you're not supposed to talk because they're trying to get. The lighting. Make sure it all like is ready. So you're just literally staring there, like you know, like looking at them, like okay. And then a producer is like, "Go!" And so you go from just standing in silence, staring at these people, to like, "Hi, I'm ready?" Like it's like so, like it's like then you just go into this spiel. And the only thing that's scripted and memorized is those are those opening acts, right? Presenting your product, your company. And then the rest of the time you're in there, it's completely unscripted. They don't know anything about you. They don't know anything about your business. And we were in there for about an hour. And so then imagine, talk about editing and cutting something down. We were in there an hour and the episodes are like seven minutes. So talk about the nerve wracking when you do get your episode ready to air. Brittany and I watching it live with everyone else have no idea what they're gonna show. Uh, So it's, it's wild.
1: Oh yeah yeah and editing as we all know can make a really big difference about what an experience looks like right um, very much like so. i was just listening to you talk about how like you were just like standing there and if you watch the show at all when you the way it, it airs it looks like you walk in and immediately start talking right um yeah so uh okay so that's got to be awkward, just standing, staring at these people. Like, do they talk to you? Were they at least like, hey, or are they like talking to themselves? Like, yes. is every, is, But then
2: everyone's smiling. So they're, cause they're <laughs> just like, they're on like b So they, It's almost like they look like wax figures because they're like broadly so far away, too. So it's just like, you're in this like weird stadium with these like five, like holy people elevated on chairs, like smiling. And you're just like, yeah. what is this? I mean, once you, once you do the little s- script, you do the thing, which was a blast.
1: So wait, uh, I want to go back to that. How do you, how did you guys prepare that? Like who, yeah, so, do you work with somebody? Like, cause I feel like those are all that I see and yours included in that where they are all these like really polished like presentations cause you only get one shot at this. Right. So yes. did you guys do this yourself? Did you have to work with like a PR firm? How does that work?
2: No, good question. So there are five different producing teams on Shark Tank. So once you get past a certain round, if, you know, a few hundred companies you're assigned to a team. So we had Jeremy and Denise, and then we just worked with them on our set and our script. And actually they do like the first pass of the script because they're, they're writers, they're producers, right? They've done this for 15 years plus. And so what's actually really neat about it is that the application itself is, like a hundred pages. So they know everything about you, your business, personally, professionally 100
1: pages.
2: Oh, I think it was like 78. I scanned. Yeah. Oh, that sounds it's, awful. It's,
1: what, what do oh, they want to like know?
2: Everything. And again, I'm very transparent about this. Don't I won't get sued or anything, but you have to be very careful what you do want to share because questions will be like, what was the hardest thing that you've been through or one of the biggest challenges in your life. And certainly it's likely something that is very personal and you have to decide if you want that public. And so it's very interesting because, you know, sometimes on the show, people do get very personal. Like I had this idea because my mom died and because I was homeless or right. It's like, can get very deep. And obviously I think what drives a lot of entrepreneurs is hardship and is different experiences they have in their life. But I was very adamant from the beginning that we were going on to present Pluey as a solution and as business and didn't want it to be about, I don't know. I didn't want it to, I wanted it to be personal as moms creating something better, but not get into like any sob stories that anyone had. So the application process was very intense because Brittany and I both filled it out, but had to really align on like, what do we want our episode to kind of communicate? Um, and then I can't run for office for a couple of years. I mean, I probably wouldn't be able to anyway. But, you know, uh, I had to sign a lot of strange things away. So You
0: can't you can't so run one, for office? Are you serious?
2: Yeah. I think it's like two years after the show. You can't run. So I think they don't want you to leverage the I don't know. Oh. Who knows? But I can't. Oh, they probably uh, don't
1: want you to, like, leverage that as, like, Free campaign, whatever.
2: <laughs> Running for mayor, as seen on Shark Tank. Right? <laughs> um, you
0: know what but, though? You 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 leverage though the Instagram uh, approved blue badge with the check mark. So you're like the only person I really personally know that has a check mark, and I feel honored. Yeah.
1: Wow. Oh,
2: wow. Well, no, but it was so. It was a cool process working with Jeremy and Denise because they've done this. I mean, hundreds of companies and these teams were just they become like your best friends because you do start talking just constantly because you're planning your set and they need this and they need that. So how how long
1: does that process go from go for?
2: So I had the first call in February of 2022 and we filmed in July. So I'd say like March, April was when I was like, Ooh, like we're getting into this. You know, they assign you an IP attorney we go through all of our financial documents. A lot of due diligence is done up front. They want to make sure you're telling the truth. One, you're not just like our clown out there making things up. And so there's a big extensive process to then keep going through it. We probably started our set around May. June, like so it really is like months, but it's just kind of these like stages. Um, and they are set, are at one point though, towards the end, the last kind of two months or six weeks, then we had to memorize the script and we had to submit to them a couple week weekly a video of us doing it. So they knew we were trying to memorize it. It was like they were like parents or teachers, like keeping like making sure you're memorizing, you know, you're not procrastinating. And then a week before we had to do our whole pitch, the whole interaction on zoom with like 30 people, uh, including the producers to make sure they saw that we were comfortable and had memorized it. Um, and so I have a good, I should send you guys these pictures for when you, you show this podcast, but for like weeks instead of reading my son Cooper bedtime stories, I have a selfie of me reading this highlighted script. So I think they knew the script as well as I did. I would just like be awesome. in bed with him, like, hi, hey, I'm Eddie. So
0: Addie, you're you're standing there at your mark next to um, a colleague, a friend, a, a, a confidant, you know, confidant. You are in the trenches with Brittany standing there, the lights on you. What the hell is going through your mind? Can you remember, or were you just like taking it all in? Did you freeze? What was going through your mind? Like you didn't even hear "go for it" yet. You haven't even opened your mouth. Well, you were probably smiling, but you didn't say anything yet. Do you remember what was going on?
2: I do remember right before we walked in, we were standing before we went in that hall. Brittany grabbed my hand because we were just like, oh, and like kind of like the squint. She's like, "I love you," and I was like, "I love you." <laughs> it was like we were going into like combat, but um. No, you know, once we got in there, I feel like, I think what's so incredible about the experience is that, yes, you can be nervous. It's overwhelming. It's also very intense how they're asking you a million questions at once. I compared it to like a fly swatter. It's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. It's like, let me finish the sentence. It's just very kind of chaotic. but what kept us very grounded is that we are incredibly passionate about what we're doing and we know our business very well. So yes, you could be nervous. I mean, I felt like I blacked out half the time, <laughs> but it was like, I know my numbers. I know my stuff. Like I can speak about Pluey in my sleep because of the way I live and breathe it. And so I think, although we both were just kind of a little shell shocked by the whole like ordeal we were in, it's like, we just focused on Pluie. Um, and, and that really helped kind of ground us. But I, I don't get nervous very often. And I was very like, wow, this is very different than anything I've experienced. Um, again, questions are just getting fired at you. It, they, It's getting confusing because they, they're, it's just, it's a very odd experience. <laughs> it feels like a shark tank. Do
0: you, do you want us it's to start too- rapid firing questions at you so you feel like you're at home? Because <laughs> we can certainly do that.
2: Well, I've, I mean, I've pitched to so many investors, right, about the business. We've raised money. I've presented to customers. Like, I've never been in a scenario in which you know you're constantly cut off or questioned, or so it's it's a very different, ex, you know, from a presentation standpoint. It's it's disjointed and it's just it's just different. It's really interesting, uh, but I will say it what was really cool i think for anyone watching the show is that they're incredibly smart people and the things they told us the feedback that advice you know we left being like yeah like you're right you know and so i think if you're watching the show and i always find like it's really interesting how the feedback they give to entrepreneurs because they are incredibly successful smart people so i think you can learn a lot
0: and you're different than most products that go on there cuz you're you're uh b2c and not um um, or B B to B and not B to C. And so you, you had a unique product cause it's not going into the homes of everyone. Were, were, were there some, some suggestions or thoughts or feedback that you got from them? Um, we know that you're also bringing out, um, some, some new, um, a new line as well. Like, was that in the works? Like what, what takeaways did you really like come away with?
2: Okay. So funny story about that. Well, First of all, yes, only about 8 to 10% of the businesses that go on are B2B, which makes sense. It's a very small population of B2B businesses that.
1: B2B, for those of us not initiated into this language.
2: Yes, business to business. So we're selling a you know a commercial product to a business versus I'm not selling a cool bike, a frying pan, <laughs> you know, cookie dough. Like that's the type of businesses you see on Shark Tank. And they do really well because millions of people are watching and then buy the bike and buy the frying pan. So it was a very different experience for us because our customer is a facilities or operations director at a big store like a Target or Starbucks. So it's very rare for them to bring type of these type of businesses on. And to be fair, not a lot of B two B companies are sexy and appealing. We are with our cool diaper changing table, but you know, I don't know. Think like an HVAC system would do really well on Shark Tank. It's like no one really cares. So I think what's exciting for us is that they loved us as entrepreneurs. They loved the founding story. They loved our journey. Um, yeah, from a professional and personal standpoint and felt that our mission was beyond the table and would really resonate with parents across America. And so it was cool to be on as a B2B company. But when we went on, we were developing what is now launched as Pluie Pret, which is a portable diaper changing mat for parents on the go. It's machine washable and wipeable, making it very innovative. And when we went on, we have diaper bags for props, and Brittany and I had prototypes in the bags because we thought, okay, maybe there's an opportunity. You know, to say we're expanding our product line and we're going to launch a consumer product too. So we had these prototypes, and safe to say, it was not the right time, right place. (laughs) It was like never came up. Like the they stayed in our bags. Um, and just fun fact, they were completely different than what we launched. So talk about how you move quickly in a startup. It was a different material, a different look and feel, same intention. But um, we were thinking we could t- maybe talk about it and then and didn't end up talking about it.
1: So um, a new uh, a mat for folks to take with them, right? Um, you have one. Uh, I see you looking. Do you have one around you? I'm just curious. Yes,
2: I do. Yeah. I- I can grab one. I just took it to this <laughs> this morning. Um, it's really cool though. Go ahead. Okay,
1: on. so um, why do I want this diaper or yeah, so mat? Or
2: So we have to yes, yeah, so um, Pluey is not everywhere yet, and so right now we want to help people take a little piece of Ploey with them on the go. And what I found as a parent is that diaper changing mats. there's a lot on the market, but they're either kind of these like muslin cloths, like fabric, which then needs to be washed in the machine or hand washed, but you can't wipe stains. So a lot of people like use a blanket, right, on a changing table, use a something that needs to be machine washed but can't be wiped or then you have ones like a Skip Hop brand, which can be wiped, but it has like pouches for wipes and zippers and like all these kind of gadgets, and so you can't just machine wash the whole thing. And so neither one of these solutions are great for busy parents on the go who just want to stick something very practical in their purse, you know, or a diaper bag or a backpack. So Pret is very sleek; it's much more kind of contemporary looking it's woven neoprene. And what makes it so great is that it fits into any bag backpack without all those frills and it's wipeable. So if anything gets on you wipe it and the whole thing is machine washable because it's made of that latex free neoprene material. It's almost like a, like a mouse pad or like neoprene is yeah. becoming a little more fashion forward. But, you know, I think to be honest, I, I find this a really fun conversation and when we think of innovation is that, We want to expand our product portfolio because Pluie is a brand that now represents health, safety, convenience, comfort for parents on the go. And I believe this product is, I call, roughly right. You know, is this our next groundbreaking product? I don't know. But can it be something that parents really resonate with? And then we launch other products? Yes. And I think someone once told me, which I'll never forget. If you're not embarrassed by your first product, you were not moving fast enough. And I do think it's like that this true entrepreneurial spirit is like, go, go, go. How do we expand this brand? How do we get more parents on board? And I mean, we've had so many moms reach out to us and want to talk about Pratt and do love that it's chic and contemporary. So, but for me as an entrepreneur, Chloe was such white space innovation, like huge market, no competitors. This is very different. Like it's a crowded market, but I believe that. Innovation can win in both spaces. If you have something new, you're bringing to the
1: table. Okay. So I want to shift the conversation just slightly a little bit here um, because I find, and we've like touched on this, but um, certainly touched on this before, but um, I, I find your story um, to be um, really neat and inspirational. um, And it's something that you guys lean into in terms of being moms and those sorts of things. So I'm curious. Um, if you were going to um, sit down and give um, other moms, dads, parents who have an idea who who were you, you know, um, to kind of <laughs> to kind of reference an episode that um, that aired a couple of weeks ago, um, not quite as forward thinking. Matt asked me what eighty five year old me would um, want to 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 you know give advice to. Um, I don't want to know that kind of thing but like kind of looking a little bit more back like what do you feel like you wish you had known or what do you think is important um, like maybe let's go like three to five things that you think everybody who is got an idea no matter what it is trying to start something what do, what do you feel like they need to know going into this yeah. sort of process.
2: Okay, great question. So first and foremost, I knew nothing about commercial buildings, about baby products, about manufacturing. Right, my entire background was in the culinary space. I often joke like I baked cookies for a living. I didn't know what UVC light was, and I think that's something very powerful. Being- behind that because you can have an idea and really not have an expertise necessarily in any aspect of it. But if you're passionate about it and you can work hard, you can learn how to do a lot of things, especially in this day and age with so much access to information. I mean, I'd be embarrassed if I tell you half of the things I Google, but you can find answers. And so I think if you're passionate about this idea about problem solving and you want to bring it to life, you don't need how to, you don't need to know how to do every aspect of it. You really don't. You can outsource, you can lean in on people. And so I just think, remember that, like you have an idea, you don't need to have the professional 15 year experience of it. right? And And to that extent, one of my regrets is that for a very long time, I didn't tell anyone I was doing this. It was like on the side, like, you know, I I just like kept it close to the chest. I think some people think people will steal their ideas, which let's face it. Having an idea is easy. Like actually going and making it is very hard. So if you have an idea. I don't think people are necessarily going to steal it. Um, but then, and I think there's some feeling too, of like, are people going to think this is dumb? I just didn't want to talk about it. And I wanted to get a lot further along in the process. So then when I shared what I was doing, I felt a little more empowered. Like, look, we have a prototype or like I've actually done this versus just the early stage. And the minute I finally started telling people what I was doing, I was overwhelmed by support. Not only just, can I invest? Can I help? Like, what do you need? But also my cousin's cousin's sister works at Target. Like, it's just amazing once you post to your community, personally and professionally on LinkedIn, anywhere, how much kind of the door is open in just terms of the support. So I say, if you have an idea or you want to start a business, like, you know, start small, share with your friends and stuff. But I was really, I think I shared too late. Um, you know, I wish I, it, again, it, it's all hindsight, but that's something that I would, it would recommend is that you don't need to have necessarily experience in it. Um, you can learn a lot. And then I would share um, as often and as <laughs> I talk about, fully to anyone who wants to listen, like the people on the airplane. Um, and then from a parent perspective, I used to be really, and sometimes still am jealous of these like twenty year old dudes who I felt a lot of cool founders, just like globetrotting, working around the clock, and I'm like, I have to pick up my kids at daycare and feed them like I can't be doing that, you know, and I used to feel that it was hindering sort of gosh, what if I could work like how much more could I do if I wasn't a wife, if I wasn't a mom, and I really shifted my mindset to think, I am so damn efficient because of those things. I wake up, Mm -hmm. I get my kids to school and I know exactly how much time I have to work and I flip in work, right? Like think about how long your day is and how five different people can have very different outputs in those hours. And I think there's something very powerful to be to like I have a finite amount of time. You know, this is what I have to get done. I'm going to go get my kids. I'm going to go to baseball practice. I'm going to put them to bed. And I'm not going to get back online because I'm brain dead at that point. Right. And so I think I used to kind of, yeah, be embarrassed of it or like I should be working more. And now I've realized like the power of efficiency. And I always say, I do not work around the clock, but I think around the clock and that's very different. I can have the best ideas ever when I'm at that baseball practice, when I'm in the shower. And so I think you don't need to have this traditional sense of like, I'm always grinding away at my computer. You do not have to work around the clock, just be thinking around the clock and that inspiration will come to you at any any time of day. And And so I think if you're living and breathing, especially an idea that you're so passionate about, that's honestly when you probably have your best ideas and you step away from your office. So. I think being a mom is powerful. I don't hide behind it. I'm very social. I'm very active on social media. I go out with friends on weekends. Like I, I'm not ashamed that I'm not like grinding away constantly because that's not going to build the business. What's going to build your business is your passion and your work ethic during the efficient hours in which you're working. Mm,
1: I love that.
0: We, we we need to have a third episode just of like entrepreneurship. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, I love
1: I love that. You don't have to be working around the clock just thinking around the clock. You know, one of the things that that you uh, you said a couple of things that like kind of sparked some things when you were talking about um, like efficiency and like all of those sorts of things. One of the conversations that I have frequently with with folks in therapy is um, talking about like what skill set you're already bringing to the table. And sometimes our skill set in certain situations presents itself as a challenge and we have to take the time to sort of, I don't know, squint to see it. But like, so for you, I'm hearing you say like, it felt like a really big challenge that I couldn't work around the clock and all those sorts of things. And I felt almost, you know, kind of felt bad about it, right? Like, why can't I do that? Um, But then when you stopped to sort of go, well, what skills has this current hindrance or perceived hindrance like enabled me to have and you discovered, oh, it's efficiency. I know how to like really schedule. I know how to work around these sorts of things. And so um, for you to sort of um, flip the, the the dialogue around it, I think is really, really powerful um, because you are a mom, you are a a spouse and like those sorts of things. And those are aspects of your life that you love and would never want to change and those sorts of things. And you don't have to change those things. I think it's it's important to view them as skill sets um, because that's what they are. It's just you have to sometimes they're like harder to see than others. The other thing I was going to say, too, was you said you don't have to know like all the ins and outs. And I think that that's probably where a lot of people get tripped up where they're like, well, I don't know about X, Y, and Z, right? Um, And I would honestly argue that you shouldn't be the expert in everything. And I'm only saying this from the outside perspective, right? But I would imagine that, like, you need to be open to not – to not being the expert in every aspect of it, because you're not, because there's someone somewhere who is better at this, who can help you. And instead of you, yes, you have to have some of that tenacity to like look into things and all those things that you sort of described. But also I think really successful leaders surround themselves with really successful people. I can't keep a schedule to save my life. I was late to our recording today. Matt literally called me, and I I literally didn't even say hi. This is one hundred percent true. I picked up the phone. I said, "Look at the clock." I said, "Oh crap! I lost track of time." I'll be on in a couple of minutes, right? Um, You know. Matt and I have had extensive conversations about this. This is not me throwing shade at him or him me at him, but like I tend to be a little bit more chill about some things and so sometimes that's a not a skill for 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 us and I need to have a little more, you know, oomph <laughs> to get going, but I also think that balances Matt out sometimes and and so like finding people that compliment you Um, And also drive you to sort of do better and work better is far better than being and surrounding yourself with those people is far better than trying to be a one man show. In my opinion.
2: And I'll tell you what, too, it's not just about not having the expertise in it. It's also understanding what you like to do and what you don't like to do. Because I'm not ashamed to be like, I want nothing to do with our supplier vendor management. Nothing about that interests me. You know, it's not that I can't do it. I just don't want to. I want to go on podcasts. I want to sell tables. Like, this is where I shine. I joke, Brittany. I joke. I talk about Chloe and Brittany makes sure I have something to talk about. (laughs) But it's like that's (laughs) not just our skill set; it's what we want to do. She loves product, you know, manufacturing. So I think it's it's also like recognizing what you're good at, but then also what you are passionate about. Because if you try and spend your days doing all this stuff, I mean, of course, I have to do things I don't want to do all the time as an entrepreneur. But that too, it's like focusing what you love and you're good at because that will make you better. And you know, one thing you just said is that. I've learned to over the years in terms of like, you know, I'm a spouse, I'm a mom, I'm a friend, I'm this, that, and the other, I'm a CEO. Um, and I don't have to be good at all of those at the same time. Right. Like right. there are days where I do really well at work and I disappointed my son cause I couldn't pick him up early and that sucks, but also that's okay. You know, and there are days where I do really well at work and I could pick him up early and I felt like I was really winning and that's great. But I think there's this, we need to normalize like you can be many different things, whatever that is, a CEO, a father, a son, a brother. But you don't need to be really good at all of them at the exact same time. It's just not doable. And that's OK.
0: Awesome. Eddie, I, I want to ask you one more question uh, because you've shared the story of of getting on the Shark Tank, being being on their takeaways. You've shared what you've kind of learned and grown as as a mom As a a business owner, Um, how's it been since Shark Tank?
2: Good question. Well, so and speaking of which, we did not get a deal. Uh, And at first, that was really hard for me because I'm a very competitive person. I felt it it feels like a game show. You want everyone to want you and you make all these deals and they fight over you. Like that's how they that's what you go in there wanting. Were you close? Wait, I have a
1: question. Were you because of that whole hour thing? were you ever close to striking a deal because if you watch it it doesn't air that way so i was just like curious what sorry for interrupting you i was just so curious about all this what gets left like were you close at any point
2: yes so right away it was obvious like um you know we weren't really in damon's wheelhouse like he was kind of nothing to do with this you know and then kevin's like literally said you know I don't know how I can help you. You're just, again, not kind of in their portfolio of what they invest in. So, the most interested parties were Robert and Mark, and they were kind of on opposite sides. They were really driving the conversation. Lori was really intrigued, us being women, and she invested in Phone Soap, a UV company. So, she knew a good amount about UV. Um, but really, it was like Mark was the one that was really close with Robert. Um, and their biggest hang up was, and I think this is really interesting, and what I've kind of learned from is that they wanted us to have this big PO. So when we went on the show in July of 2022, we were piloting with a lot of enterprise accounts. Like we installed our first Target, CVS, Equinox. Like it was really exciting, but we had just kind of, that was the stage of the business we were at. North and High Brewing. To be, that
1: was a big one, North High Brewing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but they wanted us to be like, like they were like, well, when are you going to be in all the CVSs or all the targets? It's like, bro, I wouldn't be on this show if I was in every CVS, like chill for a second. you <laughs> know. Like, So they wanted us to be at that stage and we were just not there yet. And so when we left off the tank, they were just like, get that big PO, like we're rooting for you. And very fun. Fast forward to today. We are now the brand standard for CVS. So we'll be installing next year in hundreds of their stores. So Yay. we just needed the time. Thank you. And I said, but I think it's just the patience and persistence. And we were just at an early stage where they they wanted us a little further along than we were. And that's fine. Like they loved us. They loved the idea. Um, but it's it's a risky business being B2B too. But so there was kind of, it was close with them. Um, and then I think the biggest thing for us coming out of it was like, instantly you leave the tank and you are required to go straight to a therapist what so we went yeah oh i like everyone this. for it's been it's she's been the same woman every single season for the past like 15 years so really? she watches and then you walk off and you go into your studio and Brittany and i spent almost like an hour and a half with this woman and i understand is she a psychologist
1: because, a yeah, counselor psychologist. Oh, wow
2: it's and it's amazing because i mean this is our livelihood this is personally i, I mean it's it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot in there. You know, a lot of people have different experiences in there. Some people have very negative ones, you know, ours was very positive, but it's still like this letdown of like, wow, we didn't get a deal. Like why? You know, it's, it's very interesting to walk through it. Um, and I think, you know, again, obviously there's everything sort of meant to be, I I believe that, but right away it was very kind of deflating and defeating because you go on to get a deal. Um, and I think what's so amazing for us is that, we were able to maintain our ownership, not give up any of the equity. Um, Because of that, not bringing in that extra capital, we were able to get an SBA, a small business administration cap line. So a loan, which is great. We can use debt for inventory versus again, giving up some of that ownership. So things are very meant to be. And then we were able to leverage the appearance to get new customers. And our biggest one was a father of four um, is a director of facilities for Starbucks. He saw the episode and we're now in our first two Starbucks locations. So the publicity that can come out of it is wonderful. And I really, we kind of really have reframed of like, we didn't go on to win. We went on for the exposure. We want people to know what Pluey is and that is what happened. And we're proud of it. But I'll tell you what, I walked into daycare like a day or two after episode aired and someone was like, are you still in business? I'm like, Jesus, it's not like Mark did give us a deal and we're bankrupt, but there is a lot of like, you know, people want you to get a deal and and we wanted one. So I'm very open about it. It was like we were really sad, but then confused. And then we're like, wait, this is great. We have our ownership. We got the publicity. So it's like a lot of highs and lows. (laughs) I'll tell you what, a lot of coulda, woulda, should for like weeks after Brittany and I would just randomly call each other and be like, wait, did you say that? Did I say that? Like, because you kind of forget in there, but it was like, I had like counted on my hand, five things. I'm like, I just don't want them to air these five things that I said, you know, or like, so it was, it was funny.
0: That's awesome. If, if anyone listening wanted to follow your journey or to learn more, where, where could they find, uh, and connect with you?
2: Okay. Well, what's super exciting about Pluey is that we operate very lean. Uh, It's me and Brittany. So we obviously are supported by so many people, especially you guys, but it's really the two of us running social media and the business. So if you follow Hello Pluey on social media, on Instagram, LinkedIn, you can follow me, Addie Gundry. And it's really like everything we're sharing is in the moment us being there doing it. So um, that's what's kind of cool about where we're growing and scaling this business. And it's very much just us going from posting on Instagram to like dealing with R and D tax credits to parts shipping, stuck in customs. So it's like the whole, the whole journey back here. And we should give you guys, we should give a discount code for prep. So once this launches, if anyone listens, we can give a discount code that if they put in, you guys pick, Dad ass. Yeah. Then you get fifteen percent off your order.
1: Love it. Thank I'll you.
0: Ha- I'll have our marketing team contact your marketing team <laughs> so we can set that up.
1: <laughs> no, that's what I'm supposed Perfect. to say. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, Eddie, this this was absolutely wonderful to record with you again, um, and to have, have passed, um, been passed to one another in terms of uh, meeting one another. What a, a year plus ago oh, when our advocate mm-hmm. for change campaign started. And I think it was Dan with the Columbus Foundation that that connected us via email, and here here you are. And. We, we now know someone with a, a professional, authentic uh, Instagram check and has been on Shark Tank. So this is a bang like up so week for us. also made it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, you guys are amazing. Well, we love Columbus. And my next goal, if anyone's listening, I didn't realize that Jenny's Ice Cream was founded in Columbus. Sure so one. I love Jenny's journey. Yeah. And we want to get into those stores. We think that would be cool. So maybe we'll get in.
0: Well, thank you so much for, for coming on and, and sharing your Shark Tank story and your Pluey story with us.
2: Thank you so much. And anyone who has an idea, also feel free to reach out. And I, I love meeting fellow entrepreneurs and everyone has a shot on the show. And whether it's not Shark Tank, every day is kind of like a Shark Tank. Anyone you meet on the airplane, et cetera, your idea, get feedback. Um, you got this.
0: It is always great to hear from Addie. Yeah. I mean, she's what they're doing is inspiring.
1: Yeah. It's so cool. What part of what I love about um, Addie's story is, um, yeah, she, well, she's modest. Um, She's amazing. Um, But at the same time, she's also just like a regular human being, like, who was like, I'm going to do this and then, like, put the right people in place. You know, Brittany joined and all that sort of stuff um and they end up on shark tank like regular like i don't know the, the it's just it's a cool like we thing. had
0: a watch party heather tuckerman and i we we like put on theme like aqua lights on our philip hue yeah. like we cranked it up we had snacks and ginger ale all out just to to watch them when when that came out so it it's 13.
1: super funny that you say that um i had it, i had it on my calendar I had it all planned i didn't even get to tell her this um and I don't remember something happened and it, and it kind of just like fell off. It was seriously by chance. I was not even in my house. I was walking down a hallway and there was a TV and I turned and I looked and I was like, Oh my gosh, one, I know her. And two, that's tonight. And I just happened to be walking by when their pitch started. So like, I should have never actually seen it because I wasn't even at home, but, um, so I, I literally just like stood in the hallway to, you know, I, I was someplace else, but, um, and watched um the whole, their whole journey unfold, but it was super cool to hear like all the ins and outs of, of how all of that, that worked. You know what I was also really um surprised, pleasantly surprised about was when she mentioned going to like talk to a, a therapist afterwards. Afterwards. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I saw you get excited.
1: Yeah. Like, I think that's a really awesome, um important thing Um, and I'm glad to see that they're offering that and then recognizing the importance of that Um, on the aspect or on the uh, the same vein of of recognizing the importance of health and mental health we we teased a little bit about yeah um, nice segue yeah thank you I'm I'm, a
0: podcasting school we went to yeah really really putting (laughs) in what we learned
1: So, nice um, segue professional, yeah. And then we ruined it just then. <laughs> and then it comes crashing. You know, down. when we, when we, we forgot step four, don't acknowledge the smooth transition. Ugh. Don't break stride. Yeah. I was probably not paying attention.
0: We, we are hosting on, um, Thursday, November 9th, uh, dad um, for some of you going like, why is it that it's kind of a play on, we wanted to bring some short seven minute type, uh, TEDx talk, on topics that are important to men and and topics that men aren't necessarily talking about, and so Dad X, mansplaining, men's health will take place at Leisure Club, friend of the program, uh, from seven to nine p.m. We have a powerhouse lineup of speakers that also then has Sean. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, powerhouse speakers. Um, you're gonna be talking about mindfulness for men. Yeah, uh, Dr. Parker Houston is talking about uh, mental health uh, for men. Uh, Friend of the program, Mike, who is the founder of, um, co-founder of Worth the Weight Charities, talking about his testicular cancer uh, story. And and then we just uh, had, what, breakfast with Nick, talking yeah. about social health. Uh, Darrell, the founder of Fatherhood Fraternity, he's going to be talking about the cost of fratern- uh, fraternity, cost of fatherhood. Um, and then... Who else am I missing?
1: I think that's no, it. No, that's that's it, right? That's the lineup. Yes. As a, yeah, I think that that's. I mean, I say that's it, but I think that's a pretty impressive like scope of different things. And um, we've never done it before. No, this well, but this is actually. Um, so you wouldn't know this because we have lots of like. I actually feel like it's fair to say internal meetings, because mm-hmm. um, we run this. Even though this is just a side hobby, like we, we do kind of treat it. Um, pretty seriously and um, this has been a goal for you like I mean and me too but like this was like your inception idea that you've been really working for really since we started doing this yeah um, so hopefully we have more than four people come yeah I mean <laughs> or five people we have five
0: yeah. <laughs> <our> speakers <laughs> and me so six yeah <laughs> so I hope we have seven people yeah but really I mean think if if we're in a cool environment check we are We're at Leisure Club, so, I mean, think Americana, 1960s, 70s,
1: 80s. Here's all you need to know. There is a Farrah Fawcett piece of art that's like, what was it, like felt? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it is it is absolutely awesome. Astroturf
1: on the on the part of like as part of the rug.
0: At the very least, just come for what what is the leisure club? Plus there's garage beer there. Yep, and
1: free, right? Yep. And snacks.
0: Uh you don't have to be a member.
1: Coffee for those that don't drink.
0: Exactly. You don't have to be a member of Leisure Club to come to this event. So it's also kind of a peek behind the scenes. What's yeah. what's a private social club? Well, you have a chance. So uh we have this cool event. They're about six, seven-minute talks, so they keep our attention. We'll break it up so everyone has a chance to you know, get up, stretch the legs, finish with some, some talks. You have this cool environment. I mean, I think it's a cool step for us in another direction to dadvocate or mansplain because this isn't just for dads. Yeah,
1: I love that we've taken the name and kind of turned it upside down a little bit yeah it doesn't have the greatest uh, connotation uh, you know association mansplaining but you know what um sometimes everyone men that, just need some mansplaining everyone to that them. i've
0: said the title to crack up yeah nothing. it's funny <laughs> plus because we went dad x which is kind of a play on dad ass yeah and trying to kind of make it look like tedx except we went lowercase dad and yeah. not the all caps
1: and then we did the lar- the uppercase X, yeah, and the right?
0: X. But then mansplaining, men's health, you know, brings into you know two more ways to to explain manhood. Well, mm-hmm. men, yeah. So um, anyway, we hope that you join us. Uh, you can go to our website, or you can uh, go to our uh, event Facebook page on Facebook um, or even just go to the dead podcast on Facebook and it's pinned right to the top. And actually there's a post pinned on our Instagram account yeah, too, yep. to get, to get more information. So, uh, if you are able to come DM us or put it into, um, Oh, and one of the questions message, I'm, I'm getting
1: a lot, Yeah, does it cost anything to go?
0: It is free. That, so that's, that's affordable for everyone. And you, again, don't have to be a member to get in. So accessibility to this event financially is extremely, um, Easy, and then we also do have a DADx grant. So if you can't afford the free registration, we do have a grant made made possible yeah. through
1: <laughs> through, uh... through the
0: scholarship fund. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we've covered it. So we had a great great conversation with Addy. It's great to be here. And also you, you're burning, what was it, leather? Yeah. Leather incense? Yeah, it nice. So it smells delightful in here. Well, thank you. And we got to talk about how we're going to mansplain men's health on uh, Thursday, November 9th. So I think this is a great episode.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much, Addy, for coming on. Um, and you know what? We'll see you soon. And until next time, stay strong, dadass.